Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's that time again. Although it's a little bit late this week, um, this is a, a definitely an episode that needed done at some point, and it all just kind of uh, fell into place, I guess is the, uh, the way to put it. Um, I have to make a statement at the beginning of the show that um, we're not talking about specific instances or i mean i guess you guys are welcome to if you desire to but everybody's opinions are those of the individuals and not of cincy brewcast and not of the gnarly gnome or of me personally and need to make that very clear my opinions <laughs> after, are my own though and after, i'll stand by them 100 percent. after the the many threats that i've received throughout the course of um all of everything that's been happening in threats? cincinnati's craft beer community Threats of death, fun, enjoyment? Uh, definitely no one has promised me fun or enjoyment today except for, for you guys. I swear uh, to God everyone you else don't is. like this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems... <laughs> well, this is... <laughs> um, if anybody else told me that, I would not believe them. But when Josh tells me, I, I believe it for some reason. <laughs> um Although I shouldn't because he's made some of, uh, while he has um, been behind some of the beers that I have loved the most out of the city, he's also been behind some of the beers that I despised the most. Uh, We make the worst rated beers in the city. Yeah. It's official. We have the bottom two worst rated beers in the city of Cincinnati, so there you go. Shove it. (laughs) Uh, so th- this show is a little bit different than other ones. Normally we kick it off from the beer fridge and we're just, we're skipping that and we're, we're diving right into this. This is, um, this is a topic that I know that we've tried on, on, on this show, especially to, to touch on from time to time. And I don't think we've ever really, um, hit it in the way that I think it needs to be. And I, I, I don't know how to do that. The craft beer industry is fucked, yo. And Betty is here to tell you why. And uh, we're here to corroborate that uh, is basically how I'm taking this. I, I disagree with the industry being fucked. I think that this is one of the greatest industries that I've ever, ever seen. It's got some issues that need figured out. And um, I think a lot of places need help understanding how to figure them out and how to deal with them. But this, because this is such a unique industry, I feel like it's it's able to, and I don't think that that's the same with a lot of other places. I think they're they're the ones that have that have been fucked at this point. And it's almost like the privilege of a cottage industry allows us to handle situations that we might not have been able to otherwise. Uh, so, w- what are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, e- e- equality, gender um, equity, uh, equity between everybody. Though it, 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 when it's all when it all comes down to it, just but that's gender equity then, right? I suppose so. <laughs> um, we're we're talking also about what is the what is the name of of the the organization, the Queen City Queen City Certified. Um, so it's a fellowship that Nicole Armstrong is running through People's Liberty, which is near Fenley Market which is an amazing, amazing organization. Um, They're also taking um, grant proposals right now because they do a variety. They do a couple. I think they're doing three fellowships for 2019. Um, They do a lot of small grants. They also do grants to have a storefront in their space. So, like, one of the coolest grants I remember someone doing is um, chairs. So, veterans rebuilding chairs as part of, like, 
this rehabilitation in their minds and souls as well. And then having like an actual runway show for these chairs that they rebuilt, reupholstered. You can watch the video on their website. Um, runway show for chairs. So this is one of the larger, the fellowships are the really large projects that come out of there. And so the Queen City Certified Gender Equity Certification Program, which companies can participate in to be certified and then silver certified, gold gold certified. And so this is not just breweries. This is lots of different companies too, all kind of in this industry or even further from that right there are nonprofit law firms um a variety of different industries speaking specifically about craft beer and cincinnati craft beer um what what what's what's the problem what are we what what is what is gender inequality how is that showing itself in the city i mean i don't know that i've started why I had Fibonacci do it was that there was a problem. So for us, I feel like we're already making really good strides. And so I felt like, let's just make sure we're doing everything that we can. So as a female owner, you know, I can absolutely identify with women being more a huge minority in the industry. Um, But in our business, we're actually majority women. So, but how can we still do better? How can we do better for our patrons? How can we do better for our community? How can we do better for our industry? And so after going through the program, I mentioned it to Urban Artifact because I know we share a lot of similar values and I knew they would be on board and would want to be a part of it for the second cohort. And so that's where we are. And I think for me... I just encourage other breweries, which I haven't put it out there to anyone other than one other, and I will. Um, So it's not saying anyone has said they won't do it, Um, but I'm hoping that everyone does because I think it allows you to take a look at your business and see where there is equity or where there isn't, and as it relates to women and people of color. Do you see it as a problem of, like, won't do it or just don't see it as important i guess i'll put out the challenge and then see yeah because that that always seems like the issue to me is like these uh i don't know like beer names with like brett t-shirt contest or a brewery name like tap and screw and then when i have to talk to our sales rep who at the time was a woman who would come back and we would meet on a weekly basis and say, that guy that owns Tap and Screw, Tom, is super sexist at events and treating me like I don't know what I'm doing and saying things to me that demean me as a person and what I do makes, I don't know, makes me feel bad. It makes me think that, like, I don't know, is the onus on, like, I don't care if you think it's important or not, you you should be doing this regardless of whether you, like you might not realize how important it actually is. So I don't know about that situation. Um, but I do know, I feel like people shouldn't only be taking it seriously in their businesses or where they work. They should be taking it seriously in their own lives. Like if you don't start there. At the same time, I think with a lot of, 
you know, especially with an industry like craft beer, there are there are things that these call them. You know, what is it? The, the third place or whatever. What is the Starbucks term that they love to? Yeah, you know, third place. The, yeah, the, the place that that those of us like me go and hang out when we need to get away from everything else. You know, when with the way that that affects us as 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 drinkers. You know, this is this is. I mean, with lack of a better way to put it, a home to us in some ways. When you see some of these changes happening in these places, it can affect the other ways, the other places in your life. I guess if that if that makes sense. If the the you know my my parents always told me that you know you you do what your buddies do. You know if you start hanging out with people who are acting a certain way, eventually you'll start acting that way. And I think that goes on both ends of it, positive and negative. And I feel like if more of these third spaces that we have act differently, it will make this community act differently. Does that make sense? Hold ourselves accountable. So I guess kind of what maybe you're saying is, um, at least how I view it, is craft beer has been bro culture for a very long time right whether it's like not necessarily frat boy bro culture but so much like uh i don't know just dick and balls and boob humor which is not necessarily inviting for everybody it takes us holding ourselves accountable to make real change is that kind of what you're getting at Yes, but at the same time, once that once that change starts to happen in these places, that it can affect other parts of life. You know, I, I think Betty, you were saying that if you change in in the in your normal life, it'll bleed into this. And I'm I guess I'm making the argument for the other way too, just because of the the crowd that I'm sitting in right now. I think that you guys have this unique opportunity to. Sp- start change in people's lives that they wouldn't otherwise well, I think the same way you can, the same way you can make thing, somebody right? drink an asparagus beer you can you can make them treat people good and that's exposure right, right. so being exposed and you guys said something about like you wouldn't have done the trick-or-treat the first year mm-hmm. right so it was bringing people on board people becoming educated palates changing or whatever you want to describe it as being um and I and I can't even remember it, but there's like this Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote that I put up this week because yeah, I'm not or last be any help week, there. and I don't have my phone sitting here, but like it really has been resonating with me because when I was younger, I used to just get angry and I would yell at people over things. Well, that like does nothing, right? But I was having this really good conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like a lot older now. Um, but I was having this really awesome conversation with an older relative and it had to do with the Freedom Center and it had to do with the genealogy piece that's upstairs and it had to do with like, it got into all this history that A, I was shocked this person didn't know, but B, we aren't on the same page as it relates to so many things, but we were able to have this really awesome conversation. I just thought like, if I was a person who was always pushing her away or shutting her down or like coming at her so angry we wouldn't have been able to have this conversation right that so i do think it starts in your personal life i do think it starts with exposure going out holding yourselves accountable for as business owners looking for programs looking for resources we have so many of them in this city and women helping women has been a huge one in partnering with a lot of bars breweries 
They do a lot of great work, great training programs. Um, we'll be doing one for our staff in our tap room. Um, yeah. Where, what, what types of responsibility to not just um, breweries or people in the industry, but us as you know, quote unquote, normal, just drinkers too. Like you, you talked about, you know, tap and screw and some of the um, complaints that you heard about that. It's news to me. I, I spent a lot of time in breweries. I spent a lot of time drinking beer and that's, I mean, yes, I'm I, well aware that the name can be taken in a, in a certain context. Um, how, where's the responsibility there too? You know, we, we talked about this earlier with a couple other stories around town that people are like, Oh yeah, well that's, that's not a surprise. Yeah. I've, I could have told you that. And it's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? Why, why is it, why is it not talked about? Why is it not put out there for people to understand and people to know that this is happening? Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess what I struggle with is like where, how does this fit in with the larger call-out culture that seems to be of coming of age of late? And, like, I'm all in favor of calling out wrongdoing when there is wrongdoing and holding those accountable. When there's there's a danger, too, and we saw it with, uh, with George Takei. You know, he was called out for what somebody said was inappropriate behavior, and then later they... Um, from from my understanding, and this is you know not with the, the story sitting in front of me, but changed the story or recanted the story or whatever the the case may be. I, I also I, tend to be a hashtag. I believe them like ninety nine hundred percent of the time. Whether or not people recant, whether or not people even have the courage, especially against people who I'm, have money and fame. And I'm not arguing people to not speak up and people not to believe people that are speaking up. But I'm, I guess I'm going back to that. Why, why didn't, you know, when you talk about people in this industry that are being inappropriate and, and why, why we don't hear about it. Um, You're the, right, The, the though, danger Betty. of speaking up and being wrong. And, and It's like greater than 99% of people who say something, they're telling the truth. Right. To, to the degree that they understand the truth. They're not lying and they're not being deceiving. So you're right. That's very important, I think, for people to understand. Is that the fear why people aren't saying anything? Is that they don't want to be wrong? I think that's what white people or males or just people who are in the wrong say that they're afraid of when they're actually doing something wrong because they want to cover their own ass. But, I mean, you look at this entire show. Like, I'm, I'm, there's plenty of things that I'm purposely not talking about and not saying as specific instances because I, I I don't I don't know. Does that make sense? And yet if we're having this discussion right now about something like this, why why am I not and I, I struggle with that. Like as, as somebody well, I mean somebody who who like perpetrates bad behavior doesn't want to talk about it. Like why why are they going to want to like like actively broadcast that they said it or did whatever they did and people and and those who was perpetrated against i i mean i can imagine feeling super embarrassed or super ashamed but what about me what about you i i've never had an instance where somebody was inappropriate towards me but i've heard plenty of stories with with multiple people around that people say well yeah they of course they are i mean everybody knows that and you hear multiple stories and yeah well, we don't I'm need not, to I'm we don't need anything. to talk specifics but you did bring up before we started recording a story where you were involved with someone doing some less than moral behavior which story was that 
about said said uh, said person at said festival with women and rings. Oh, I mean, like, but like, but like that's on the that's on the like that's just you're a sleazy person scale. So like, where in people's minds does it flip from you're a sleazy person to like, oh, you're doing reprehensible behavior that needs called out? Where is that line? And like um, earlier today, how we talked off air, but like about the incident that happened very recently in Cincinnati uh, with the the Facebook call out. And tangentially, uh, this brewer I was talking about, another brewer said, oh, can you imagine when this other brewer gets called out, the shitstorm that's going to start because of that? Right. And I, I don't want to use any names because I, I don't have any direct proof, which would be, God, it'd be wonderful if we did, which is the problem we Josh and I were talking about earlier is like, okay, w- w- you know, w- this side track on sidetrack but like do you call it out without proof as someone who's a bystander and not someone directly involved because then it's not like a, a me too i believe situation it's more like this person's just saying what they've heard about this person even though you might have heard it multiple times and seen things that indicate behavior but you don't have proof versus like you know like being there and being involved. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a muddy situation. So in HR, which is my day job, we talk about things like being patterns of behavior, right? And so at the end of the day, a lot of that you can just take and call it conduct, right? So whether or not you know, whether or not, but there have been patterns of behaviors that have been reported and therefore your conduct is no longer becoming. So to speak personally, I have not had any incidents in the craft beer industry. Um, I actually recently had my first mansplaining, and it was over HR, and I was, like, actually really pissed off because I don't typically consider things that, and that one I did. Did you really have mansplaining? Did someone explain to you how exactly it happened and then also tell you why you're wrong and then also tell you furthermore how you could have done it better and then also why you're wrong and how they did and it the right way. And they know exactly how this should be done. I was trying done, to make a mansplaining joke about joke. mansplaining. Right. Yeah, I sorry. feel like that fell on deaf ears. I'm sorry. I wasn't actually trying to mansplain you. I don't get jokes. Thanks sorry for trying to lighten the mansplaining. Sorry for interrupting as well. Um, Continue. But no, and so, you know, a lot of this does go back to with all of these things coming out just across the country, I believe 100% of women have been sexually harassed. I believe 100% of women have been sexually assaulted. Now, it might be your grandma who got her butt grabbed and didn't doesn't really consider it that, but it is. They're, and then in addition, the whole rape, the amount that are unreported, God, we will never know. So I think it is very important, and it is on us as owners, as people in the industry, to ensure that people that are around us are safe and that especially our businesses are safe places for people and to train our staff and to um, just make it safe for everyone. And it's not just women, you know, like there are plenty of other people that aren't and white men that need a safe place to go and be as well. That's a great point. Do you think that by owners and people who work in bars and tap rooms and and whatnot by them creating that that safe spot for people that that will bleed over into eradicating the the behavior itself or is there something bigger that we can do that can create some kind of change 
um, I don't, I don't know that it'll, it'll eradicate the behavior, but if you, um, talk with your employees and, uh, give, um, like, I really just, just identifying something as a safe space gives, puts it in your brain what a safe space is and allows you to, like, gives you the opportunity to think, like, oh, I've never felt the need for that. Why would somebody need that? And it gives you, like, the, the platform to, like, talk about it. But I don't, I don't, I mean... What is a safe space, too? Can we define that a little bit so that people understand what that means for a taproom? Free of harassment, judgment. I mean, but based on qualities that are, like, innate to your person. Right. Like, I mean, if you wear socks and sandals, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to <laughs> judge you. But, like, like, if you're, like, I don't know. Maybe my feet get cold. <laughs> Maybe it's a medical <laughs> issue. Okay, that actually does get to a point where you can't really. Like, if it's a medical issue, you can't really. That's that's the the it becomes like an ableist thing. I but, mean, the other the biggest thing I think is education, and even with us amongst our friends, right? So to me, it's all about intent. And it's the same thing at my day job. Like, it's all about intent. Did someone truly mean to say something to offend someone in that manner? Or did they just truly not know? Right? All I know is that I don't and ever put open? in my calendar of offend people today. So I never offended anybody. That's what I know. <laughs> I guarantee you have offended somebody at some point. Not my calendar. Didn't do it. <laughs> but I, I think that there is... There's there's something bigger that 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 we can understand about these these spaces that it's not necessarily about coming in and never being yourself whatever that is if you if if you think that you're going to offend somebody and so you want to avoid a spot because of that that's kind of missing the point I think change who you are if you're that much of a shithead where you can't be yourself without offending people, change who you are and then be a better person and then go back to that space. Like if you're if you're a, a serial sex offender and that's just who you are, that's not okay. That, that might be a little gotta, bit on the extreme side. Oh, though, too. It is, but but fix it. Get sex help. offender is, but like like harasser isn't. But you know, like I I have I definitely have family members that might stop in a tap room and make a dick joke and might offend somebody sitting next to them. And that doesn't mean that they are bad people. It doesn't mean they're setting out to offend people. Right. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in having a safe space for those people that they just offended. That's intent, right? So they weren't intending to. And so then if someone is offended, I think they can nicely say that. Or the, the tap room staff can say something or you right. know, whatever that thing is. Like, to me, I guess that's what I'm getting at. That, that the safe space itself is not free of people being offended. It's not free of offense. It's people being aware of it and communicating it with each other and okay with that communication. Um, I mean, I, I know that I offend people. I know that that's something that happens from time to time. It's good. But I'm also okay okay with people saying that offended me and I'm going to understand why they were offended and and possibly change the way I, I, I do things. Possibly not. It just depends on it depends on, on, on what it is and how it is, I guess. If that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I think if we go back to like the craft beer industry, lack of women, lack of people of color, 
I also have this philosophy. I don't know where I created it or what I where I got it from. But I'm also at this point where I think we actually have to make our own people versus trying to think there's all these people that exist, right? So, like, we continue to hire women that we know who haven't worked at breweries, but they have customer service or they have served behind a bar or they have waited tables. So it's like we can teach them our beer first, then we can teach them other beers, then... You know, we can teach them how to pour, but what you can't teach is like customer service and how to engage. And I know in the brew house, which is not my piece of the business, but, you know, can you start people bottling or canning and then cleaning and then learning more and working their way up? So, you know, sometimes maybe there isn't enough talent out there, but can we create our own? That's kind of where I'm at at this point, which takes more time and investment. But it pays off for you in the end. I think so, absolutely. What what can we do on the the drinker side? The uh, those of us who just belly up to the bar and like, what what is the action that that we can actually take about it today that we can start to create something different? Uh, like it's it's one thing to to train employees and to have you know um, people behind the bar that are that are educated and everything, but. That's that's not me. That's not. It's probably not the majority of people that listen to the show. If a place is identified as a safe space, like don't make fun of it. Don't like say like, well, I don't like. What do you need a safe space for? Don't put up the chalkboard in the middle of your bar that uh, makes a joke out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, what, what, I mean, what else do you need to do? Just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that that that's really what it boils down to is just like st- stop just thinking about yourself. Yeah. Think a li- just a little bit about how your actions affect others. Just think a little bit. If you were in their shoes, how would this make you feel? Just a little bit of that yeah, empathy goes such a long way. It's something that I've worked, struggled with for a lot of my life. Empathy doesn't come easy to me. Uh... I don't know if that's just genetics or what, but like uh, I'm not a very empathetic person, uh, so I need to practice and work at that. But it's not hard if you listen, and you just don't want to be a shithead. You can choose to be shitty and an asshole, which I generally do <laughs> because it's fun. <laughs> but like, shit. Being nice to people isn't that hard. Well, it's the golden rule, right? We well, learned it in second grade. Well, and that's the thing. Like you, you know, if you really break it down, you can. You're, you're still getting an awful lot out of being good to the people around you. It, you know, it creates good, and you in turn get that that good around you. I mean, you know, you have to create it to to get it. So. Um, But it's also about, like, having some compassion and empathy for everyone, right? So that saying is true. Like, you never know what people are going through. You never know. You don't know if the person who comes up and yells at your bartender and is a complete jerk, maybe they just lost their parent that day, which doesn't give them the right to come in and yell at your bartender. But you never know. And sometimes when you dig, you do find out that people are going through some really serious things. And I think, like... You know, I had never even used the word triggered until the last couple of years. 
And I actually started to appreciate when there were certain articles or videos because, you know, you're like, I don't, I have to be more careful about offending people. I'm the person who was like, I don't care. I can watch anything. And it, but it did start to bother me. And I am like, I don't want to watch this right now and start my day off this way. And I had somebody come to me who is an African-American woman with adult children who was so upset one day just about the state of everything and the potential of her kids getting pulled over and something happening to them. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's like double triggered. Like, I'm triggered just for being a woman. And she's she's double triggered. And I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, like. What is she going through if this is how I'm feeling right now? So, again, I just think it goes back to, like, compassion and, like, giving people the benefit of the doubt sometimes and still going back to thinking about intent. And don't get me wrong. There is absolutely horrible intent, and you can usually pretty easily see it. And I think we all call that out, and we all smash it when it's happening. Not everybody does. That's that's. And I know I'm saying we need to. Right. We should. You're right. We absolutely should. And that, I mean, it's small things too. It's something that I've been, the past couple of years, if I see my parents or my in-laws just say off the cuff things that are like, you might not know or mean what you're saying, but you're saying something that is highly offensive. I've just gotten to the point where like, I don't care where we are, what we're doing or what family's around. I'm calling you out right now because that's bull crap. And I might catch heat the next day because they're still salty about getting called out because, like, you know, they're 62 years old and they've never been called out in their life because they've never had uh, to think about or worry about that. But I really don't give a crap. Like, uh, you know, don't be a shithead and call people out when you see that. I think that's a great I I think that's a great way to make change. I think that's the best way to put it is just don't be a shithead. Um, it's definitely a topic that we're we're not done talking about on the show, but um. but I think anyone who's involved in a business encourage your business to look into gender equity certification. Encourage your business to collaborate with women helping women, and it's really about policies and businesses. And sometimes those things exist, and we don't realize that they're actually a negative. Um, until somebody tells us that we are, you know, like one of the things with Queen City Certified was like having something in arbitration agreements or whatever. And I was like, I don't even know what that is or how that would ever relate. And they're like, it wouldn't to your business, but it does exist in other businesses. And so, you know, they're looking at the full spectrum from small to large. And, you know, it's definitely something for people to I mean, just like HRC has Workforce Equality Index, which I think is huge. And I modeled some of um, our policies and things at my day job after their index, which they don't actually have a nonprofit one. But I went on ahead and looked at those scorecards and said, "Okay, why can't we have certain things in our EEO statement? Why can't we be offering certain benefits and things like that? And you can. Fantastic. I think music's getting ready to start. <laughs> yeah, they're getting prepped. Uh, I think the TSA said it best. If you see something, say something. But you know, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's become like a like a some kind of a it's it's become a joke. You know, the if you see something, say something. But that I mean, that's the truth. Like, don't don't let 
this community become what everybody says the community is becoming. Don't let Joe Schmo at Brewery X working right next to you say some stupid crap about, hey, did you see that, you know, whatever, whatever, doing whatever, or whatever he's they're saying. Say, you know, shut the hell up. You're an idiot. Right. Stop talking that way. Well, and again, I think... As you say, there are two things. So, like, I've heard rumors. I've never seen anything firsthand. If I saw something firsthand, I would absolutely put a stop to it. If something happened to one of my employees or any person I knew in the industry, I would absolutely do something about it. If someone told me that personally this had happened to them. But also, if you're hearing a string of things, you may want to go to that person and be like, hey... This is word on the street about you. That doesn't like, end well. I don't know if my, you're uh, aware experience. of it or not, but maybe not as a media professional, but because then is someone afraid that you may do a story or something like that? But from someone who isn't in the media, like, listen, person, there are many stories out there about you. Just wanted you to know, do you know? Because sooner or later... Either this is a true pattern of behavior or... This is either conduct or someone's got it out to try to sink you. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance it's probably conduct. Right. That's a great, uh, great, great advice, Betty. Is there um, a website, Facebook page, something like that people um, within the industry can go to to, to find out more about... Yeah, just Googling Queen City Certified will pull it up. It well, has its own webpage. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in and the And the show same notes, thing so. with Women Helping Women, which I think is another great resource, even to have um, stuff available in your tap room, in your bathrooms for women. Well put, guys. And men. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, I don't know that it's as big of an issue with, with men as it is women, though. You know, it's but it can be, and you could have a male who's in your space who's being abused as well and needs those resources. So, right. yeah, well put, guys. Um, like I said, this is a topic that we are definitely not done talking about on the show. It's a very big topic that uh, I don't unfortunately see going away quickly, and um, I don't know. We have to, as as a community, do things differently if we want them to be differently. So, um, thank you guys. Thank Brett Coleman Baker. We didn't introduce you guys on the show. That was uh, okay. Brett Coleman Baker, <laughs> Josh Elliott. <laughs> you don't want to be introduced on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Bolas from Fibonacci. Um, thank you to everybody here at Urban Artifact for uh, giving us a space to. Uh, to suck up some of your tap room space to uh, to do this. Thanks for driving Thanks, down, Betty. Ma'am. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, a much more positive and happy show from Urban Artifact, where we'll probably drink some uh, some beer. Which, uh, if you know the show, you know that's what we do. It's from um, the beer fridge. That's right. That was really good. <laughs> I'm gonna pull that out and start using it. <laughs> Um, thank you guys, Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. Um, let it be known too that if anybody has anything happen to them and they are not comfortable with talking about it themselves, 
Um, you can always shoot an email or a message or anything like that to the Gnarly Gnome or Sensi Brewcast. And um, this is a platform for every voice in Sensi Craft, regardless of what your voice says. So we are open. 